Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Hey team, welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. Here I am again with Glenn McIntosh. Um, he is, we're just continuing on from our most recent podcast um, where we talked about the psychology and the links to bariatric surgery. So today we're going to delve into relationships and bariatric surgery and what to expect and how to support yourself in the best ways after you've had your operation. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me back, Jackie. We had a great chat last time, didn't we? We definitely did. Yeah, it was really <laughs> good. You. And I'm pretty excited to talk about this one. I see this in um, just relationship change, I suppose, and um, ways that individuals can support each other in relationship while they go through their journey. Um, yes. And, yeah, I think you're the best one to talk about that, given I... that um, you've got this amazing um, depth of understanding just through the amount of patients you've helped along the way as well. Yeah, and, and like I said in the last podcast, I did my um, my research on psychological factors and social factors in weight loss. So how your mind and all of the people around you affect your long-term results. And this um, this relationship stuff is, is really big for a lot of people. You had a percentage last time we talked uh, of the effects that this um the psychosocial effects of yeah. their success after surgery can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah absolutely so my um my master's research in these psychosocial factors and weight loss it sort of really uh confirmed what previous research had found that around about 30% of our results are not due to things like uh, your starting weight or your health or even your own individual psychology, but due to the influence of people around you. So whether people are supportive or neutral or worst case, sabotaging your mm. progress. And of course, that happens in a whole variety of ways. That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, and huge. 30% is counting calories and setting up your meal plans and prepping your food, if 30% is still another impact, it's certainly an area that could be looked at. Absolutely. And I think it's one that we, uh, I think, like you said in the introduction, a lot of people will experience uh, people who are really supportive in their lives, people who might be uh, getting in the way in, in a whole variety of ways. And it's something that we go through, but I don't think it's always something that we necessarily address or know how to address. So I think this is going to be a really useful chat to, to give people mm. some pointers on how to kind of navigate your relationships and, and even changes in your relationships post-surgery. Yeah, and how to spot those people who are helping or hindering. Um, and because that can be a surprise, I think. Sometimes you think the people who are going to be your biggest supporters can often find that they don't manage your change and your new um, outlook on life and, you know, your success as well as you think they might. Absolutely. Um, I agree and, you with know, you. you might have people in the back blocks that you thought, you know, wouldn't have anything to do with it who come up and be your biggest cheerleaders. And mm -hmm. it's just fascinating, the whole, yeah, it's like a social element. So 
In saying all of that, do you have any pointers on how patients can surround themselves with the right support and people? Yep. Um, I might. My first thought is, Jackie, and I might sound like a broken record because I do say this all <laughs> the time and I think I said it in our last podcast is your best social support at the, the very start, the very, very minimum should be your health professionals. So to continue seeing your surgeon, um, their doctor or nurse, your dietitian, your psych, and anybody who's helping you with your um, your fitness, like your, your personal trainer or your, your gym or your, your exercise physiologist. And I think the, the reason why those people are so valuable is that it, it's one of those rare times in your health professional's office where you're, you're talking with someone who's trained. So you're not talking with someone who just has their own opinions based on their own experiences. You're talking to, with someone who's trained to help you. So you're probably going to get the best advice for you. Yeah. And the other thing is that it is that, you know, I think a lot of us are really good at taking care of other people, but not so good at focusing on ourselves. So it is one of those times where when you're in with a health professional, there's no vested interest. I mean, let, let's break mm. it down. You've already paid for the session. So they've already got that what they That's need at right. that end. It's they're there just to support you. Uh, and, and so I think that's that can be a really powerful thing, especially if you have other influences in your life who may not be supportive, a health professional can really uh, buoy you and, and keep you feeling mm. motivated and, and accountable and, and supported, I guess. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think they can um, help you with the tools you need to manage that when you see it coming up. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great place to go and say, hey, I'm seeing, you know, this is coming up for me what do you think I should do in these situations and how can I um, look after myself? And and I guess it's communicating for each individual. They're out in their new way of communicating a new way of being. Um, yep. And it takes a while for the people around you to kind of get to understand you and maybe um, it needs to be a message that's relayed in a few different ways. And I think that's where these key people who are um, – professionals mm -hmm. can then give you the tools that um, help you to go forward with that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So that, that'd be number one is just, just keep in contact with your health professionals because they're the best social support. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you. And so also we find that we're drawn to different activity. You know, there's things that we're trying out, maybe the gym, maybe mm -hmm. exercise classes, um, different um I guess, uh, lifestyle events and mm -hmm. um, activities. Yeah. How do you, do you have a, um, a way of helping people to get involved in those sorts of things and that's comfortable for them? Yep. I think that, I, I think that you, you probably said it the first thing there, uh, Jackie, is that you, you need to do it in a way that um, is comfortable for you. So I think sometimes we do have, say with physical activity or say we're going to go dance or going to go learn to cook at a cooking school. Um, mm. It's, uh, I think sometimes we make this unnecessarily hard on ourselves. So I often say to people, let's let's do it the, the the easiest, most comfortable way that you can possibly do it. So, um, for example, uh, if you were going to go to a group exercise class, you might want to start off with a personal trainer. 
Um, and mm. and yeah, I definitely, with my, my guys, I ask them to shop around for personal trainers so they can find the, the one that will, you know, be best suited to them. Yeah. But I, I do think we all, don't we, we have those things that we, we want to get involved in. And we do know that, say, with exercise, that people tend to naturally want to move more after their weight loss surgery, which makes complete sense. You're getting healthier. There's less load on the body. You can move more freely mm. anyway. Um, and we all have those things that we want to do, but where we have some type of fear or some type of resistance. So often it comes down to, and, and I wish this didn't sound so cliche, but just to be brave. You know, yeah. the first time you step foot into the gym or the first time you go to that healthy cooking class or go to a dance school, you're probably going to be pretty darn uncomfortable. And mm. But, you know, as human beings, one thing that I'm, always surprised that is our ability to adapt so you will find that sooner or later uh, cooking up a you know a high protein nutritious meal in an interesting way or uh, jumping into your, your group exercise class will be super familiar it'll just become second nature to you but it does take that step to to be brave so I sort of think it's this sort of double-edged sword as one yeah. you have to try and choose something that you're gonna feel the least uncomfortable about and yeah. then you've just got to oh, take put a deep breath. Put your girl's pants on. Put your big girl so pants on. hundred <laughs> percent. And be brave. Which knowing, we all talk about. Yep. Yep. And and just knowing that that, that, that emotional discomfort is is only temporary. Uh, but but you will feel underneath that a sense of pride in, in doing something that you... Because we all have those things that we know we wanted to give a go at. We know are important to us. And I think that pride is a deeper feeling than any discomfort you feel when you be brave and you put your big girl or, or boy pants mm, on and go and get yes, into it. Absolutely. And, um, and knowing that change is not um, something that humans take on easily, but I think even if you start with baby steps um, and mapping out, I guess, um, bite-sized chunks towards that end goal. Absolutely. I think it's really easy after surgery to just turn your whole world upside down. Yep. Um, and you can take on too much. And I think and when you do that, you just are setting that up. It could be that you're setting yourself up to really um, just too much change at once. It's just totally. taking bite-sized pieces. Yep. And um, I think that we, we talked last time in the, the last podcast about just changing those one percenters, those little things, mm. whether it's emotional eating or your physical activity habits or making sure you get enough protein or all, all of those different things. And I, I, we talked about how important that is to work through in that first year or two post-surgery to extend your weight loss window and really create those habits. But mm. that definitely doesn't mean you need to create all those habits at the one time. You have time. Yeah, I think that's true. It's a marathon, not a race, isn't it? 100%. And so moves me on to the next question. When you have patients who come to you and they're talking about people in their lives that are not supportive, whether yep. it's, you know, someone passing you in the street or whether it's a family member or a friend that you never expected to not show support <laughs> or to even be, you know, some of them are quite rude in some ways. Yep. Um, what do you generally What's your advice in that kind of situation? Yep. Well, if we can, let's, I definitely want to talk about that. But what I would say, and this is often what I say to clients, is let's take a step back 
at the very start and and one of the things that we uh, we think is when we think about our social environment you know supporters versus saboteurs we almost assume i think that we don't have a whole lot of control over that 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 some people are going to help some people aren't and like you said sometimes we're really surprised with who helps some people step up and help that you might not have expected to and some Mm. people might get in the way that you wouldn't have expected to but I think that we actually have a lot of power in enlisting support from the start. And so I'm a big fan of at the first point of calls, let's turn as many of those saboteurs or neutral people into supporters from the, the get-go. And it's interesting that we were talking about being brave because yeah. I actually ask people to if they if they can and if they're comfortable enough to enlist support what what i mm. find is that that by and large people like to be part of something positive um so if you say to people and so i've had clients who've done this in like a group email or text message or facebook message to their friends or even had like an event where they say this is what's happening and and they really sort of say guys, this is what I'm doing. Mm. I want you to help me. And sometimes even go that step further and go, here's how you can help. Sometimes what I suggest is the clients, they look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. (laughs) Uh, But when they do it, I think people by and large, they like to be part of something positive and they like to support. Um, and the other thing is, I know that sometimes for, for, for a lot of reasons, you can be hesitant to tell people about your weight loss surgery. And that it may be that, of course, it's your private information, so you don't have to tell anybody. Yeah. But what we know as psychologists is that the power of other people's expectation of us and the that influence from others that we get to, to conform is unbelievably powerful on our choices so if we're say for example if we're going to a barbecue and no one knows what sur- that we've done this surgery then everyone is just by default going to be expecting us to eat and drink the way that we once did mm. and and then you're you're either left in that really difficult position of trying to constantly make excuses for the rest of your life or um sort of working around the surgery that you've gotten, sort of cheating it or, or doing things that are not so good uh, for your for your surgery. So yeah, exactly. so as a general rule, I think that, that we should try first to enlist support from at least everyone who we're sharing food with regularly. They should know. That's a good point. When you look at it from, from a social perspective as well, um, that every time you turn up, if you're dining with your family and extended family, um, you've got something that you need to manage, whereas yep. if it's out in the open and, and you would find that, you know, people are quite keen to support when they know what your needs are um, and, and you walk that's... away less disappointed when your needs aren't being supported because nobody knows. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think you, um, you you said something really important there is, is that communicating your needs, mm. uh, which we often don't do. And of course, we have zero chance of doing that if people don't even know the experience that we've gone through with the surgery and everything. Yeah. So, good point. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, I heard what you were saying before, Jackie, about that, that we, we will 
of course, run into people who are not supportive. Um, even if we, we take a great attitude and even if we let safe and trusted people know what we're doing. And, and I think most people who do that will actually be surprised at the support because people love to be part of something positive. Mm. But but you are going to, to get people who are not going to be very supportive for a whole bunch of reasons. And let's go through some, some ways to work with that. But I think the thing that, that I really want people to know is that you have a right to be healthy. You have a right to achieve your health-related goals. Yeah, You have the right to make the most out of the surgery process. This is mm. not too much to ask. No, that's exactly right. And yeah. I, I um, can, that's a beautiful way of putting it is you have the right. Um, absolutely. I think that's got its own power in it, hasn't it? It's amazing. I think so, Jackie. And I, I, I actually think that, um, that when when you say that, you know, we'll go through some techniques or maybe some strategies for how you can deal with people who are, might not be so supportive. Mm. Uh, but, but I think that is the key. The key is if you can understand, I have a right to be healthy. Um, no one should uh, reasonably be interfering with my health or my well-being or my success. And I'm, look, I'm not talking about, you know, your Italian nonna who, when you go and see her twice a year, cooked you too much pasta. That's not going to make a big, throw a big spanner in the works of your success, but it's more people who you're eating with regularly who are either getting in the way of healthy eating or sabotaging your exercise routine or or even just, you mentioned this before, and I think this is really true, just, just making you feel not so great. So it can be more of like a psychological sabotage. Mm. Um, one thing that, that I like to do, and I am... As a therapist, I'm eternally optimistic. I think as a first point of call, what we want to try to do is turn saboteurs into supporters. So often, again, that takes a bit of bravery and and I like to have a sit-down conversation with those people. So whoever it is, whether it's your your partner or whether it's your friend or your housemate or someone at work, um, and, and if you do like, if you, if you are feeling brave enough to have a bit of a vulnerable conversation, some things that I find that are useful around having this conversation where you're trying to turn a saboteur into a supporter, um, the first thing that I, I think to do is to thank the person for their openness to helping you. <laughs> So they don't, you know, this is your change. They don't necessarily have to help. So if they're willing to sit down and listen to you, that would be the first thing I would say. Is I would say, thanks for sitting down and listening to you. You know, we're all probably more focused on ourselves than other people a lot of yeah, our lives. So, so, so saying thanks for taking the time uh, to listen to me and see if you will at least be open to supporting uh, me. So when I do yeah. these sessions in... Um, I do these these sessions with clients in in the the therapy room. Often I'm bringing typically it is the husband in to to yeah. to, to support the wife or the other way around. Um, but I, I will often if it is the husband I'll thank the husband. That's my first point of call. I'll say, mm. look, thank you for being here. Um, this is my client's challenge, so it means a lot to me that you're here, willing to support. And what that can do is that can help to to dissipate some of the uh, the defensiveness that can sometimes come when you're because you're probably going to be asking for that person to do something different. So that yeah, can, absolutely. Yeah. 
And I um, think they would perhaps walk in expecting a rap on the knuckles or a telling off, whereas yep. if you're opening that door to thank you so much for being here um, and, uh, and highlighting what it means to the other person in the room, um, it makes them also feel quite valued, I would imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the other thing is I think you, you need to in those conversations, you need to say what is important and you need to be clear and you need to be firm enough mm. in your tone and your body language so the person knows that you mean what you're saying. Um, but it, it should be a real conversation. So it should be a, a time where you can listen as well. So if I do this this in session with clients, um, often the the partner or the friend or whoever's coming in will have a really valid view of their own, and yes. we need to listen to that view as well. Uh, and and I think when we do that, then we get the opportunity to come to a real agreement. So not just, okay, now I'm telling you, you have to let me exercise six times a week. And if you don't stuff you, that's, you know, yeah. that's, that, that might get you a win for a period of time, but it's going to be leaving the other person a bit resentful. Mm. Um, it's like you've kind of won the argument, uh, but that's different to, to really creating a, a deep and lasting understanding and change in the other person. Um, and just on that, do you find when you are, and generally you say it's couples having these conversations, mm -hmm. is it generally that the other side of the couple is concerned about the health or the way this is affecting their lives or how much it's changed their social dynamic? What are the main concerns that you see when it comes to these conversations normally? It can be all sorts of things, but I think sometimes it is that the, the partner is thinking, well, you've done this surgery, it's changed your life, why does it have to change my life? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and also, um, sometimes I think that, you know, sometimes you get like kind of, you know, the food police or the, <laughs> you know, the, the exercise Nazi and, 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 you know, they are just trying to help, uh, but yeah. they might be trying to help in a way that actually doesn't, end up being that helpful their intentions are good mm. uh, and then it can of course sometimes it's absolutely that the person just forgets or they're yeah. just stuck in their own habits they just do these unhelpful things without even realizing so sometimes when we talk about it in sessions the person goes oh i didn't even know i was doing that so it can be a a whole variety of things um yeah i guess the extent of the change in one household when one does the surgery and the other one is still, you know, either not completely on board or mm -hmm. not doesn't see the need for them to eat in the same way as yep. and, the partner. And that's, yeah, yeah, and that's where I think that the listening to each other and coming with an agreement and often that agreement is a bit of a middle ground. Mm. Um, and I think so it's, this is not necessarily a conversation where you have to get all of your own way. We often say yeah. in relationship therapists, in relationship therapy, when, when someone wins an argument between two people, no one wins. Yes. And so it's, it's, you do really want to, to come to an agreement between both of you. And I think one, one practical way to do that is to not make this chat about couples therapy or family therapy if it's your family to not go that deep but actually yeah. keep it at behaviors and so so what I often do is I ask my client in this situation so if you're thinking about having one of these conversations you can ask yourself uh, this is the question I say to people I say if I hypnotized your partner or your mum or whoever it was and I said 
and I was just to tell them to do more of something or less of something or start doing something or stop doing something or do something differently, what would you have them do? Because I think that's a really important thing that you need to be clear about is, mm. is what do I actually want from you? Um, and if you if you don't enter the conversation with that understanding of what you want, what you want mm. to, to get out of it and you, what you want them to change, then you, you really run a risk of this kind of going around in, in circles. Yeah, it's like a mind reading event then, isn't it, really, when it's not clear. So yep. I guess that's the role of seeing people like yourself to really clarify and deconstruct, I suppose, exactly what's happening yep. so that there's a proactive outcome that helps everybody in the long absolutely term. and mm, i have brilliant. i have a video that i did on this on my um my youtube channel and on my website if anyone's interested it's called uh dieting couples support or sabotage mm. and in the video i take you through the exact steps of the process that i go through with my clients and and, and i actually encourage people to, to watch it yourself or to even watch it with your partner so you know how to come up with one of those agreements and it can be mm. surprisingly useful. Um, the other thing is, of course, that that sometimes, I think that's, again, first point of call, let's be optimistic that that'll make some ground, but sometimes if it doesn't, then work with a psychologist or a relationship therapist can can be really, really helpful if, mm. need, if need be. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll put that in our show notes, the link to that video as well. So if anyone's interested, you'll find it on the um, connected to this podcast and um, in the show notes section. Thank you. So um, in saying all of this, talking about new lifestyle, new things we need to do, new attitudes and surrounding ourselves with positivity, Mm -hmm. what are the ways that you encourage people to use to find you know, other people with new interests or different um, lifestyle factors that support the direction that they're heading in now. Yeah, I think that, um, I think social media, it can be a real uh, blessing and a curse, but I think that it, and I think the same goes for sort of bariatric surgery groups, but, Mm. but I think that, you know, you have a great bariatric surgery group. And I think part of the reason that is, is because it's a moderated group. So right. you do, you do. I think if you're looking for um, Facebook groups and communities where you can share um, things that are helpful and and things to get into in terms of like meditation apps or useful um, useful resources for for you know recipes or get you know gym workouts from home that people like and all these sorts of things. I think that's a great place. Yeah. Um, we've got one also for people who are. Um, who are interested in the psychology of eating and movement, weight and body image. Um, it's just called the, it's a long name, but the group actually <laughs> named it the psychology of eating movement, weight and body image support group. So, so Great. that's a good place. Um, yeah. We'll put that also in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. And I, I think that when you start to find new people that you surround yourself with, not in a professional sense, but you start to form new friendships and new relationships that that have a basis in healthier living, mm. you start to sometimes be exposed to a, a new normal, I suppose, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you and that... see things that, you know, people are living their lives slightly differently and it's all a learning experience. 
Um, so turning up where you think good health might be happening is a good place to start. Absolutely. And that mm. comes back to what you were talking about before about being brave. If you, Often you will have, you know, I think most people who are listening to this will have somewhere where they've been thinking of going or something they've been thinking of checking out. So maybe this is just the little yeah. little nudge you need just to, to get, get going with these these things. We're noticing that in our group, we've got people from far and wide all across Australia and New Zealand predominantly, and they are having conversations, finding out where each other are and Mm -hmm. um, dissecting into like meetups. They're actually starting meetup groups from there, knowing that they're all on the same journey and they're all looking for the same outcomes. Um, And it's, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people have mentioned how they've been hiding they've been unhappy with themselves for so long that they've let all these relationships dissipate and now they're putting a different front forward and um what better place to do that than with other people who are going through the same um and have the same outcomes in mind as well so that's that's a great offshoot i also find in our group like you say because it is um moderated we have great supportive conversation and I'm sure yours does too. I've been in other groups where they're kind of unbridled and it can get a bit yucky sometimes. We just haven't seen that in our group, I think, because everybody's there looking for education, support, more resources, that sort of thing, rather than a dumping ground for, you know, maybe bad experiences or complications and that sort of thing. And it does come up, but it's not something that people are unloading in the group all the time. And I think that's, it keeps it positive. Um, And whilst we acknowledge that there are people having difficulty, but at the same time, it, um, it pushes everybody along just beautifully. Absolutely. And I think that's really the important, the feel of that group, because you, you obviously want to acknowledge that you were going to struggle at times. That's what the yeah. whole group is set up for, to help you through your struggles. But it's the way that you talk about that and the balance of sharing struggles with sharing support and positive inspirational mm. stories that changes the whole feel of the group. Yeah, now, absolutely. I'm just thinking, Jackie, that, you know, something that's, as we're talking about, um, connecting with more people who are probably on this path to healthier living or, you know, maybe a lot further along this path to healthier living. What's coming to me is this reality, and I'm sure that you would, would see this in the people that you work with, that, that that can, when somebody's changing all of their relate, or some of their relationships um, and maybe creating new relationships, and we talked about in the last podcast, not only changing their relationship with food, but changing their relationship with their, themselves. So they are actually changing. It can be for some people a pretty profound transformation. Absolutely, yeah. It's, that, that places a lot, of, um, a lot of pressure on relationships potentially. Yes. Um, so I think that that's something that's important for us to be, to be mindful of. Mm. And one of the ways, which might sound a bit counterintuitive, but one of the ways that I encourage people to deal with that is at first, we've sort of said that you have the right to be healthy. So no one should be putting a spanner in the works of your health and wellness goals in any significant or lasting way. 
Yeah. And and so the, the first thing is that you're always in control of your behaviors. You're always in control of your arms and your legs. So no one can make you do anything. So the first point of call is to recognize your own personal power and make the changes that you want to make. And you've, you, you might have already tried to enlist the support of people. You might have already tried to sort of turn saboteurs into supporters. Mm. But then if people are imperfect, like we are, <laughs> is, to, is to really take, you know, then kind of step into your own personal power and say, this is what I'm going to do regardless of my level of support or sabotage. Yeah. And then people have really not much choice but to adapt around you. And yes. One thing that I like to, to do is, and this might sound, this often sounds a bit counterintuitive for, for people because psychologists are often so interested in the individual that they're working with, but I say, what we want to try at least at the very start, and sometimes people are surprised with the, 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 the power of this, is to have compassion for the person who's finding your change difficult because we all know how difficult this change can be for ourselves after this operation or whatever the operation is that we've got. It's a huge life transition. So why would we then expect that it's not going to be a transition for our loved ones, our friends, our colleagues? Mm. And so I encourage people to have, it doesn't mean you, you stop doing what you need to do, but, but to actually, if possible, help each other through, um, help the, the person through their concerns. So say, obviously, a very common one might be that uh, the, the wife is living in a larger body, she's getting skinnier, and the husband's thinking, oh my God, is she going to leave me? Yes. And so in that situation, I don't typically, you know, everyone's different, but I don't typically say to the wife, well, you just do what you're doing and that's his problem. I say, well, mm. this is pretty, pretty big for him. He's worried about, you know, being abandoned and rejected and this person who's been with him his whole life. So if you can find it within yourself to try your very best to communicate to him, hey, you know what? you're safe. I'm here with you. This is no problem. Our relationship's not going to change. And, mm. and, and, and sometimes that communication can be really powerful and, and, and stop people from finding the need uh, to, to somehow get in the way of your progress. So um, some reassurance in a way uh, of it's everything's changing, but we're okay. Absolutely. Um, essentially. And, uh, I think that's yep. really powerful because yep. often that's what's People are acting out out of fear, out Absolutely. of change, not a, yep. not getting, um, or even their own needs maybe not being met. If you're busy, you know, doing this new lifestyle, when you get out of hospital and you've yep. got to get on your liquids and purees and that sort of thing, the, yeah. the way of managing that is quite time consuming. So they may be feeling also that things have changed so much and they're a bit left out. So absolutely, and I think that's out is important. Yep. Yep, and that's another great example of, you know, sometimes people become real exercises, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, but another example I'm thinking of is something I've had in a session just a few weeks ago where we had this a very similar to discussion discussion to this and it turns out that the, the, the wife in this case thought that the husband um, was upset because she was spending so much time exercising and not spending time with him. Mm. And it was close to that 
But once we got him in the session and we, we heard what it was, he didn't actually have a problem with all of her exercise. He was happy to take care of the kids and do those things. So it wasn't about the time. He just felt like he was missing out on quality time with her. So they were able to negotiate and him say, you know, he loved doing like what a lot of, what I love doing, a lot of uh, of guys love doing (laughs) is just like sitting and vegging. And to him that was special time. And... And so, um, so they negotiated that they would find that time in every week and he felt a lot better after that. So she can go and exercise and she's getting her needs met and he's getting yeah, and his he's needs getting his. met. And that's what it is, I guess, that negotiation and communicate and negotiate and come to that kind of meet in the middle. Um, Absolutely. And I think that then also on top of everything that's changing for the better, it would only bring your relationship to a new level, wouldn't it? It only brings a relationship to a new level. If, if one, look, it only brings a new re- relationship to a new level when one person is feeling happier, healthier, mm. more content within themselves. Unless, it, you know, I think it's, that then it just has to be navigated so both people can feel comfortable with that. And often that just comes down to communication. Now, yeah. I think the exception to that, and this is probably the last point of call, the exception to that is when there is a significant problem in the relationship before surgery has even happened. Sometimes these changes can, I suppose, highlight or bring those problems to the front. And that's where then I think, you you know, that's a, a different challenge because you're really not actually sorting out the communication of everything's fine. We just need both people to realize it. We're getting into the space of, well, actually, is everything fine or not? But yes. I think that, that, I firmly believe that anything you're doing where you're making yourself healthier, happier, building your self-esteem, um, your your partner shouldn't be getting in the way of that. Your relationship shouldn't be holding you back from being your best self. So the first mm. step is really to, to navigate that well and have compassion for your partner, um, listen to them, but find your own voice as well and, and step into your personal power so you're taking control of everything. But but if you are in one of those situations where where you're you're moving forward in your life, whether it's with surgery or whether it's any other positive change you're making in your life, therapy or getting into yoga, whatever it is, mm, mm. Um, you, you know, you, your relationships shouldn't be holding you back from being your best self. So, so sometimes we do get into that, that, that very big question of can this relationship support me being my best self and my my advice to anyone in that situation would be to try all of these things that we've been talking about as the first point of call right because often people are surprised and I get people all the time who think that they're in deal breaker territory Mm. when with some really good communication and listening and negotiating they're absolutely not Uh, I think that's important to note is people can walk into your office thinking that, you know, all things are falling apart. And that's where we go back again to these relationships we established straight after surgery is that professional input. You you have a look at how that could totally turn around the situation just with some coaching um, and yep. support and the right communication. Um, Absolutely. And there's a lot of power in that, I think. Absolutely. And then we sort of come full circle into um, the therapist 
being the best person to help you with that, whether it is something that it's it's helping you navigate it or mm. whether it is the alternative of helping you uh, exit that relationship because it could be all sorts of relationships. It could be a, 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 a you know, a, a, an in-laws relationship yes. or um, cousins or whoever it is. That's so helping right. you create the level of distance in that relationship that works, it's still useful to have that person to help you to, to navigate that. Yeah, and tools to keep you from those, um, keep you in that safe space where you can choose if if someone's behaviour is not uh, or ongoingly um, destructive, mm-hmm. um, how to get yourself to the place where you're okay with choosing whether you have that in your life or not yep. and making that move. So, yeah, it's, I think that's there's value in that certainly. Um, so, Glenn... Again, you've been amazing and really informative and I think we've really sort of, this is a big area um, and you've got some resources that the um, listeners could use. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I think that, that the first thing would be that to check out that um, that video, Dieting Couples Support or Sabotage. Mm. If you want to continue this conversation further, check out the, um, the Facebook group, uh, which is Psychology of Eating, Movement, Weight and Body Image Facebook group. Um, and we might, um, Jackie, if it's cool, we might provide a link to my newsletter because I'm just thinking that yeah. all this stuff is stuff we do in the newsletter where we share... Um, my own podcast and blogs yeah, and free videos and all that sort of stuff. And it is, it's an ongoing conversation, isn't it? And I think the more we can bring this to front of mind on a regular basis helps us to implement these changes even more easily, which is the end goal, really. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah. I can see too, um, you've got a great free ebook, The Missing Piece. Yeah, so I think if, if people want to, like, we'll provide a link um, in here to, um, oh, I went into my own podcast mode, uh, but we'll, <laughs> if it's just so over to providing these links, I think that we'll check out the links in the show notes for the free ebook. It's yeah. just, uh, it's called The Missing Piece because I think mindset is the missing piece to the weight management puzzle. Um, mm. And it's just seven little mindset hacks for your eating, your physical activity, your weight and your body image. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking that most of this, um, without overwhelming people, most of this stuff is on my website, which is just www.glennmackintosh.com. Um, and in there, there's a links to, on the fr- first page, there's the links to the ebook, there's the links to the Facebook group, and there's right. even the links to a cool little mindset quiz that you can do to measure your weight management profile. So your emotional eating and your confidence of exercise and and all that sort of stuff and also as part of your practice you offer the um, flexibility and accessibility of Skype um, consults as well so I guess um, if patients are looking to talk to someone you've got seven therapists on hand um, and we'll also yeah just give them access to that through the website well we're out of time thank you so much Jackie and thanks guys for listening (laughs) thanks Glenn see you soon thanks very much have a good night Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.